0: Welcome to Relaunch, the GCC Podcast. I'm your host, Marty Duran, Director of Communications at the Great Commission Collective. We're a global network of churches joined together to plant churches and strengthen leaders. Joining me today is the President of the Great Commission Collective, Dave Harvey. We'll be having a multi-episode conversation about relaunching vision and mission in a pandemic time. In this season of Relaunch, we'll address some of the big questions pastors, elders, and other church leaders are facing. How can GCC leaders and church planters identify the personal and pastoral places where relaunching is wise? How can pastors avoid settling for less moving forward? How have our people suffered during the pandemic? What will it take to reopen? And more. Now let's get started with season one, relaunching after the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, Dave, we're here in the first season, the first episode of Relaunch, and we're uh, following hard on the uh, the cohort, which uh, was a success. God was really gracious uh, to us in that. Um, so, why why follow that with a podcast? Uh, you know, some people might write a book. Why why follow that up with a podcast? Well,
1: I'd love to say it's because we have all this free time opened up because of the <laughs> pandemic. Uh, but, you know, the opposite seems to be true. I, I don't know if you're hearing this, but uh, I, I'm actually hearing people are working more and utterly perplexed over why. Yeah. And I'm also hearing people working less and are utterly exhausted and don't know why. So, <laughs> um, so you, Marty, as you said in your introduction, you and I serve in Great Commission Collective. That's, that's a church planting network uh, that exists for planting churches, strengthening leaders. And... And so shortly after the pandemic hit, we began to gather together the senior pastors in that giant cohort you just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, because we wanted to talk specifically about six different things. We wanted to talk about uh, self-care, pastoral care, community, discipleship, being on mission, and then that last category of reopening wisely Mm -hmm. after a pandemic and uh you know we we knew that when when crisis come leaders just tend to default to to you know expedience and, and and centralizing and so we wanted to get guys talking we wanted to get guys talking with one another Um, And so, you know, it was kind of cool what we did. I I, I saw them do it in the network cohort that I was a part of this cohort that uh, Send and Todd Milby's group was was creating where they gathered together leaders of different networks around the nation in a cohort. Mm -hmm. So they would do 20 minutes up front and break everybody down. This is all in a Zoom call, Mm -hmm. break everybody down in the Zoom call. Into different rooms and then regather everybody. And I thought, you know, we could, we could make that work. So we we kind of followed that format, broke everybody down and got the guys talking. And and I mean, you know as well as I do, it was just, it was a fantastic time as they were collaborating together on best practices, mm-hmm. on on what they're doing in their churches, counseling one another, caring for one another. So to get to more specifically your question, our final cohort meeting was, was May 6th. So we wanted to create a tool where we could continue to speak to leadership issues mm-hmm. with first with our network leaders, because they're kind of our primary audience yeah. to speak to them about the pandemic and, and, and the post pandemic world, but also to, you know, kind of go broader into other leadership issues that, uh, that, touch on what it looks like to, to lead effectively and lead wisely in moving forward.
0: So when we think about the idea of relaunch, that's the name of the podcast, um, what do you think about when you hear in, in the context that we're talking about, uh, working in a post-pandemic world, ministry in a post-pandemic world, leading in a post-pandemic world, um, what are the applications of relaunch? Well, I think about
1: it in, in an immediate sense and in a longer range sense. I, I, I think in the immediate sense, it's, <clears throat> it's a phrase, it's, it's a way to telegraph to churches that we are reopening after a pandemic in, in a unique historical occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, n- never in the life of any leader uh, alive will, will they have another time like this to consider dramatic changes to, you know, vision, values, assimilation, discipleship, whatever it might be, because everybody knows that life has changed dramatically. Mm. And uh, everybody expects that there's going to be changes in, in church life as well. And so we want to encourage guys to think about that. Think about that opportunity, use that opportunity. And, and, but I, I think there's a second part of that in the immediate sense, and this is something we, you know we've talked about in our, our team meetings. We're talking about with the pastors. There is a, a a unique historical opportunity as it relates to the harvest. In other words, there, there's going to be a harvest on the other side of this season, and and so it's it, the wisest leaders I think are going to make sure. That they're moving from stabilizing to 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 mobilizing to to seizing the opportunity that's going to be opening, because people's entire entire ex- experience of reality has been shaken. Yeah. this a uh, pandemic is like this this disassembling experience, and uh, it, people begin to ponder questions of existence, mm-hmm. don't they?
0: Yeah, I mean uh, of me. Somebody mentioned the other day the uh, that time feels like that Salvador Dali painting uh, in which the, the clocks are all melting and hanging, you know, hanging over limbs like drying towels and stuff like that. And the number of times I've heard people say, how many years long has March been this year? Um, <laughs> th- there's a warping of our sense of reality. Um, it, you know, if I wasn't working five days a week, I'm not sure I would know what day of the week it was most weeks. There's, there's yeah. just a, a warping of that. And so I think it is really helpful to think about what is that going to do to us as we move forward.
1: Yeah, it feels very surreal. Um, you know, I, I remember pastoring during the time uh, that, that the World Trade Centers fell. And, and uh, you know, we were opening, opening up our building for prayer meetings or a room in our building for prayer mm-hmm. meetings at lunchtime. And the place was filling up. Wow. and and we were like in a, like in a business, our building was in a business park. It was very odd, very unusual. And you just began to realize, yeah, when, when, when crisis like this hits, when unexpected things break over people that are going to last for a period of time, it begins to agitate the soul Mm. and, and push forward questions. And, and so, you know, in the immediate sense, that's the opportunity We're, we're calling this relaunch because we know that, that, that there's a, there's an opportunity that we're stepping into as we go back and, and regather in our churches. So I, I think I mentioned uh, an immediate sense and a longer range sense. Mm-hmm. I, I guess when, uh, when I, I reference a longer range sense, I, I think about, I think about this quote by by I think I think it's Max Weber, who talked about the death of movements uh, and institutions. And he based he said you can basically think about it in four words. He said the history of, of movements and institutions is is man, men, movement, monument. Mm. And, and, and and that final those final two words, that that shift from movement to monument exists, I think, because we want to memorialize the past, right. we, we can't move beyond the past. Um, we relate to the past like that was God's best in our <laughs> yeah. lives, or or God stopped working there, or, yeah. or, or we need to protect our thing. And so the thing that stands between those last two words, movement and monument, is the desire to engage God in dependence. And, and clarity to know when a reset is necessary, when a relaunch is necessary. So that that's kind of the longer range sense, Marty, of, of, of the title relaunch.
0: Within theology, there's this um, well-known idea of semper reformanda always uh, reforming. Is there a sense in which uh, we could think of relaunch as semper relaunching, where there's always a a place within our life or ministry that we can be thinking about how to start over in a, in a productive sense, not necessarily a pandemic happens within, but we evaluate ourselves, evaluate ministry, evaluate effectiveness and those kinds of things and see, is there a niche of our lives or a niche of our ministry that could be relaunched to make it whatever more effective, uh, longer lasting, more focused, uh, do you see that that's going to be even more in play in the future? <laughs>
1: Well, I think it's always in play, and uh, I, I think that the pandemic does create um, a different, a different pace and a different kind, as we said earlier, of opportunity. I mean, when I think about Christianity in general, I mean the whole the whole walk with Christ begins with transformation, and then we're you know we're called into this rhythm of change and transformation and it, you know, it, it, and, and we're looking forward to a day where there will be an ultimate transformation into the new heavens and new earth and we get new bodies. And so, you know, ch- change is embedded in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And and that sense of, of, of Semper Reformanda, you know, that, that indicates that the church must be changing the church must be growing, the church must be reforming, because the church doesn't have all that it needs in, in any one moment. And so, yeah, I think relaunching, uh, resetting, however we want to frame that, um, or, or whatever term we want to use, is a great description of what it looks like to move forward toward God. I mean, I think about Acts. Mm-hmm. Acts is this acts is this chronicle of the church beginning to discover what it looks like to move toward Jesus and move out in mission. Um, you know, and, and so it's all these different stories of, of the spirit of God pushing, uh, I love pushing, pulling the church, p- pushing, pulling the, the apostles, the disciples in the direction that's going to, you know, really disrupt their categories, disrupt their comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, Shift their paradigms, and I think you know. I was thinking earlier about the whole story in Acts chapter ten, uh, Cornelius, and and uh, you know, Peter. Peter's been converted; his ministry's fruitful, fruitful, but but he, he's still not understood something that is is fundamental to the right. heart of the gospel, right? <laughs> and that's what the you know, the gospel is not just for people like him, right. Uh, for for gentiles too and so uh, Cornelius is is in one place and this angel appears and peter's in another he's praying and god drops his vision on him rise and eat and i mean you know the story but the whole thing is that that god is trying to get across to peter hey what i've what i call clean don't you dare call unclean because god is trying to get peter to think in a bigger way mm-hmm. to to broaden his categories, to, you know, to kind of do a relaunch in his soul so that he can see things the way God sees them and so he can move out in missions in a way that's going to be more fruitful. But in order for that to happen, there needed to be a, a paradigm shift. There needed to be a reset in in his thinking.
0: How um when we're thinking about the the leaders, pastors and elders, um, executive pastors, uh, possibly even, uh, you know, student pastors, children's pastors that might listen to, uh, this particular podcast. Um, how can they identify within their own lives and ministries, the personal places and the pastoral places where they need to think about a relaunch being wise?
1: Well, I mean, you know, you, you and I know that, that it's been incredibly helpful to not only be dialogue to not only to be dialoguing with our the leaders within our network and asking questions about the reality of what they're going through but to be connected with others outside of our network and to enjoy those interdependent relationships that uh, where, where you're getting not simply the best thinking from your group, but the best thinking that's going on all, all around. And, and fortunately, many of those people are, are, are beginning to convert what they think into writing and, and posting it on the internet. And so there's already resources that are, are popping up uh, I, I think the challenge is this is a very dynamic experience, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean, we get the statistics and events are changing each and, and every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so there's a sense where if we have, if we're leading a department, leading a ministry, leading a church— we do have this responsibility to stay connected to and to be interpreting what's going on in a way that's going to serve our people and and begin to move the church in a in a direction of who who we should be or who they should be and, and what they should be on the other side of this pandemic
0: i think when um when this episode drops uh you'll probably already have a, or you will already have addressed with the cohort uh, the idea of reopening. I was thinking as you were talking earlier, uh, what if we stopped saying reopening uh, like to our churches when we're going to reopen? When we're, uh, what if we started using relaunch? Uh, because that communicates what we think we're trying to do. It, it communicates the idea that we're bringing to the reopening and what takes place after that. If we use the term relaunching our services or relaunching the ministries, um, and I'm not saying everybody should, but certainly there's the idea there that potentially using the term reopen conjures up the idea of what existed before, whereas relaunch leaves open the opportunity to think a little bit ahead of what's going on. Do you find any value in that or am I just like being not smart?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I In this cohort I was telling you about of of network leaders one of the guys was saying that their goal is to get every one of their pastors to be thinking like a church planter wow and that they're they're trying to arm them with missionary categories so that they can begin to think more missionally about w- what it looks like to return and to contextualize within some of the new realities because we're I, I think we're, we're moving into the next phase, certainly of the pandemic. Um, but I, I think there's going to be, um, rather than this kind of grand reopening, it's probably going to be more like, uh, an accordion, um, you know, that that's kind of opening and closing, uh, you know, expands and contracts outbreaks, that are here and there, mm-hmm. and and maybe even some shutdowns as a result of that, uh, in in different places that are more localized. Because I mean, isn't this true that we're walking a razor's edge now, where the the trigger for reopening is 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 it, it's diminishing outbreaks, but it's also the reality that we're approaching like economic instability yeah. and, and, and depression and a depression and economic depression. So the country has to get to work again. And so we need to open things before we have a
0: vaccine. Right.
1: <laughs> and, yeah. So I, you know, I was talking to a doctor the other night and, uh, and he was telling me how, uh, this is a guy who, who uh, is no longer practicing, but because he has properties in different countries and, uh, he has to study the economics, but and also the the medical side. And he's keeping up on it all. He was telling me that, that you know, that it's th- there are going to be these outbreaks in in pockets, and that we can expect that, and and the wise leaders will anticipate that, and and maybe even ongoing deaths. Nobody wants that, but as things open, you've got to expect that there's going to be. Infections prior to b- there being a vaccine yeah. and and better treatments. So I'm not an expert on this, but this is this is what this this doctor was saying. So as I said, it, it's this is not we're not moving towards some kind of big reunion where oh the whole church will finally be gathered again, yeah. but but a, a sense of, of social distancing phases where over time groups will maybe get a little larger and they may need to get a little smaller. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, that we have to adapt to that.
0: How do you think um, that that reality is going to affect church planting? Uh, because church planting, at least in recent history, has been about getting a core group and then that core group meets for a while and then it expands into small meetings. Maybe you're meeting one time a month in a school gym or you're meeting one time a month in another church's basement or something like that. Um, and then eventually you have a launch Sunday or something like that where you've, you know, blanketed the neighborhood with flyers and you've gone door to door and all those kinds of things that are, that are pretty recent traditional ways of, of starting a church, planning a church. How is that likely to change? Are we going to see like zoom being used for the core group meetings and the small group meetings and the launch meeting? And then eventually at some point there's a physical gathering. What are you looking at there?
1: Well, one of the things that that's a reality is that there have been a, churches that were slated to be planted this spring, that uh, and and some have already launched out that now need to be replanted in a sense, and uh, and use some of the very tools you were just talking about. But yeah, I do think this is going to have an effect and should have an effect on how we're thinking about church planting. Church planting will not be for a long time will not be as as funded. As it was in the past, at least in the Western world, um, and and so the, the, there's not going to be as much money available, which means that the big launches, um, you know, are not going to be as much a part of the church planting program and church planting process. But I think perhaps a more significant shift, and I'm hearing this from people that know a lot more about this this kind of thing than I do, but the more significant shift is going to be with the emergence of bivocational planters Mm. as as more legitimate, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, more celebrated, and maybe even moving into the center of, of how we're thinking about church planting candidates. Wow. So that, you know, g- guy, guys can go out and they have an existing income and there's a longer, you know, there's a longer ramp. And so we're not thinking, hey, you know, you need to be up and going and have everything, all the systems in place mm-hmm. and everything within a year. You know, we're thinking three years or more, perhaps. But, but there isn't the pressure either because you're not trying to get the church to be self-sustaining mm-hmm. as quickly. So I think that's those those are pretty some pretty significant shifts when we think about staffing the church and and the economics of the church.
0: How um, let's stay on that theme for just a second because that's pretty big in a network that the first half of our slogan is planting churches. <laughs> um, if we if we start thinking about bivocational church planters and I know that's not unheard of tent makers is a term that's been around as long as Paul. Um but there, there has been, I think, an experience that um, bivocational pastors and churches with bivocational pastors were kind of assumed that they were going to be at a certain level. In other words, I don't know a single megachurch, really, that has a bivocational pastor, unless you count Rick Warren living off of book royalties. Um, so how, how do you see that that would be different than what we've experienced historically as bivocational pastors in churches of you know, 30 and 40 people?
1: Well, I, I think the the metrics f- for success would would change a bit, or at least they would become uh, they would be measured differently um, because a, a bivocational leader is not capable of, because they're not giving their full time effort to the ministry there. The fruitfulness would, you know, would probably be different and would need to be measured in a, in a different way. I think that uh, whether it's financially or whether it's the, you know just how, how quickly they're growing. Um, I, I, I think that there are tradeoffs. You know, there's a reason why uh, where, where possible organizations move towards funded church planters. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it, it it just gets a church up and going much quicker. But as I said, there's a trade-off to that because the bivocational leaders tend to have an enormous credibility with uh, the people in the church because of their shared experience. That's a good that point. that it can oftentimes be different than the kind of credibility and trust that a pastor or a full-time church planter endeavor or or engenders from mm-hmm. people. So I, I think that uh, you know we have a guy in in GCC who. Who planted the church from the very beginning and continues to be after many years? Bivocational because he decided that he wanted to maintain that vital connection to the people, and that he felt like his ministry, his preaching, would be most authentic, and the people would be best served by him retaining that role uh, in construction. Yeah, and so he's done that for years, and the church is accustomed to that, and and uh, has a wonderful church.
0: That's awesome. Well, Dave, we're getting ready to wrap up episode one. Is there anything that, uh, that you want to add that maybe we've overlooked?
1: Just that I'm, I'm really excited about us doing this. I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to learn a lot because we'll be talking about, you know, some really cool things. And it's going to press us to, to look outwards and to find out what's out there as well, which I'm really enjoying that phase of, of uh, or that part of, of what I'm doing right now. And I'm just excited about being able to serve GCC and, and hopefully even others beyond GCC, you know, in some of the things that, that we're thinking about and, and trying to do together.
0: Thank you for listening to Relaunch, the GCC podcast. Be sure to subscribe in the podcast app of your choice. And if you have a moment, rate and review at your app and recommend it to your friends, If you haven't visited our website, it's gccollective.org. You can find us on Twitter at the GC Collective, Instagram at Great Commission Collective, and you can easily find our Facebook page by searching there. Until next episode, on behalf of Dave Harvey and the entire GCC team, I'm Marty Durant.